just love it. Thank you, Tom. Great job. Thanks. All right. Welcome to springtime in the Rockies. Everybody, I'm sure, is just so excited about the weather report yesterday, right? And they say we could, are you ready for this? We could get seven inches. See, the reason we get days like this is so that we can just be so happy on the days where the sun's out and it's 70 degrees like we had so many this week, right? That was really good. That's really good. All right, well, uh, just to, I want to do some missionary work right here. Uh, little updates. Carol put out a table that you should all go look at from Village Makeover. For those of you who don't know, we work with a pastor and his team, uh, uh, Pastor Willie Ruminera, and uh, the ministry is Comfort My People. And through Carol's contact uh, down at CU, uh, Engineers Without Borders uh, does water projects, and they chose our area in Chinica, the one we've been working with, the pastors, the churches, the widows, the rabbits, the orphans, uh, all the projects we're doing in our area in Chinica, and they're doing three water projects in Chinica in June. They're going to go in there and do that. So she's got that out on a the table there, and that's just that's so exciting to think after all these years that we've been working with them, that now it's attracting other organizations to come in and bring, uh, in this case, water to people that, uh, you know, in some cases they have to walk all day to go get water and then it's polluted. But this is going to be nice, just a really nice thing. Then another missionary has, is in another situation that I want to just stop and pray for. Uh, some of you may know Jennifer and Jal Wenningkamp in Mozambique, and I've been talking to them regularly. Uh, they um, need prayer right now. Jennifer has a really bad case of malaria. She's very ill. And Jal um, got that word to me on Friday. So I would you, if you're close enough, if you're close enough to somebody that you can hold their hand, um, would you do that just for the power of agreement? We just want to be in agreement as a church today for the winning camps. And as we're in agreement, that means we're in one mind about this, which is Jesus is her healer. That's what we agree with. And right now, wait, I want to tell you a story. I just, I feel like prompting the Holy Spirit. Many times on Skype or on the telephone, I begin to pray with people in Africa, and the Spirit of God comes on both of us at the same time. And we, we go, whoa, did you feel that? And, you know, halfway around the world, halfway around the world, I mean, we're not, we're not together, but we are in the Spirit. So I just want you to know we can be there right now in the Spirit, okay? Father, we're agreeing right now as we're releasing the Holy Spirit to Jennifer Wenningkamp and Zhao and the kids. And Lord, they're in Mozambique right now. We're not separated by distance here in the Spirit. 
but we can be one with them right now. And we pray in agreement, even as we're holding hands here, we're saying we're of one mind in declaring that Jesus, you are the healer. And we speak and release complete healing to Jennifer in Jesus' name. Right now, in the Spirit, we reach and touch her, and we bless her, and we speak to her body to just fight off all the effects of this malaria and this sickness. We cancel it out in Jesus' name, and we speak strength to her body, to her immune system, and we tell her body to just rise up in wholeness and soundness and to be well and strong and to be healed. We ask now and speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Oh, I felt that. Felt your agreement on that. Thank you so much. All right. Uh, well, as you know, this is Palm Sunday, and this is the Sunday that we stop, as we've already done, and as we sung Hosanna and the children sing and we wave the palm branches. It's to remind us of the week before the crucifixion, Jesus riding in on a donkey, which, by the way, that's what kings rode on at that time. And they were declaring him to be the king. Now, it's the, prophetically, they were, they were accurate, were they not? He is the king. He is the Messiah. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. They thought he was going to raise up to be a king, an earthly king, that would save them. Hosanna means save now, O king. So they, they, they thought he was going to raise up a political machine that would challenge and overthrow the Roman government. But that's, he had something else in mind, and it was greater than what they had in mind. But where, what I want to point out is that their hopes were being released as they were praising uh, Jesus, praising God as Jesus was coming in. Their hopes were lifted, elevated a very high place. But within a week, all their hopes would be dashed, and they would be hopeless within a few days without hope because Jesus was arrested and crucified and dead. Now, I think all of us can identify with times in our life when it seems like we have our hopes built up for something good. And hope is, by the way, a confident expectation for good. It's not a wish, but the biblical definition of hope is a confident expectation for good. We've all had our hopes built up, uh, expecting something good to happen, and then it doesn't turn out the way we thought. It can be a marriage, it could be a relationship, it could be a job, it could be a vacation. <laughs> Nobody's ever had their hopes dashed. Like, you know, <laughs> I think of some years ago, I wanted an RV, and uh, so I bought an old RV, and uh, it was the kind of thing that would break down in the driveway <laughs> without you driving it. It just it's, it was something else. When somebody bought that thing, I, they knew everything was wrong with it. They wanted to buy it, and they drove it away, and I stood in the, in the driveway, and I danced. <laughs> Hallelujah. That thing's out of my life. Okay. I had great hopes. 
that I was going to have a lot of fun in that RV. But my hopes were dashed over and over as the transmission went out and the engine couldn't get gas to the engine and too much to tell you. I mean, there's, there's, all of us have stories, right, where you have hopes where good things are going to happen and then they don't. And you go from a place of hope to hopelessness. And that is another word for that hopelessness is called despair. So I, I think we've all, we can all identify there's some place in our life where we've had a loss of hope. The descendants of Korah surely felt this hopelessness, this despair, because they wrote a whole psalm about it, Psalm 42. That must, it must have been a really great church service with them, huh? <laughs> so, let me just give you a few lines out of Psalm 42. I'm going to use the New Living Translation. Now, it starts out pretty good, and there's a song we know. It comes out of the first line. As the deer pants for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. And you know the chorus. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Okay? So we sing that with the idea that it's a, a positive thing. You know, we, as we're really looking for God and we're thirsty for God. Just like a deer has to have water, we have to have God. And so... Uh, we, you know, we kind of sing it with a positive frame of reference, but the song doesn't really pick up the, the real, uh, uh, understanding of the origin of where it came from. It came out of a desperation. It came out of despair. It came out of, because look what it goes on to say. It says, when I came, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to look. Verse two, I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and stand before him? Look at that question. When can I come and stand before him? Meaning, I am not finding him right now. I'm not in his presence. I'm panting for God because I don't know where he is. And I wonder if he knows where I am. And so there's this despair that's coming out of this. It says, day and night have only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me, saying, where's this God of yours? If you have a God you say you have, then why are you in such desperation? Why are you in such despair? Why is life and the circumstances so bad? Why? So, so the picture of this psalm it, it goes on. Goes on to say, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in verse five, he said, why am I discouraged? Why so sad? The New Living Translation says it like this. Why have you be, why are you in despair, O my soul? Why have you become disturbed within me? And what's happening here is this person who, who's writing these words, explaining this hopelessness and despair, this, their own spirit is talking to their soul, which is their mind, will, and their emotions. And their spirit is saying to their soul, mind, will, and emotions, why are you in despair? Why are you discouraged? Anybody identify with this? Sometimes where we have trouble is our, we, our spirit is so beat down that our spirit doesn't rise up and speak to our soul. Listen, it's really wonderful when your spirit rises up and speaks to your soul. 
and says to your spirit, hey, 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 wait a minute. You're thinking wrong here. You got to change the way you think. And, and, and that's what happens here because he says, why are you so discouraged? Why are you so sad? I will put my hope, a confident expectation for good in God. I will praise him again. One, uh, in the original language that you can use the word still. I will praise him still, my savior and my God. So this, this psalm lays out the despair that's here. And here's the despair, the, uh, the loss of hope. You can't find God. You find yourself crying. You find yourself very emotional. Onlookers, uh, make fun of you. People look at your, your life situation and they think, too bad to be that person, you know. And you find your heart is breaking. You find yourself thinking about past days. It's all right here in this Psalm 42. You find yourself thinking about past days when life was better and you were happy, happy, happy. You ever done that? I sure have. I've thought about past days when instead of the despair I'm in and the hopelessness I'm in, I'm thinking about the good times that I've had. Oh, if only I could go back to those good times. Only if I could be in those times. Those times were so much better. Those times were so much better. So somehow our memory is selective about the past. Sometimes <laughs> we make it out to be better than it actually was. But, but it's, anything has got to be better than where we are right now. I mean, that's how you get to feeling. Then he says, I'm deeply discouraged. And then he says, I hear, in verse 7, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. Now, one of the things I like to do is I like to go to the beach, and, and I like to find the biggest wave I can find to crash into me. It's fun, especially if it throws you right on the beach. It's just, years ago I was in the Azores, and the waves were crashing right on the beach, and the only way I could ride the waves is I had to ride the waves right onto the beach. It was a dangerous deal. I mean, just scrape you right up. But it was worth the fun. I mean, it was worth the risk just to, just to ride the waves. But there have been times that the waves are so big, you have to dive under them. You have, you have to dive into them. Because if you, if you let them hit you, they will flat wipe you out. You ever had that experience? I mean, and I've had this experience where I'm underneath and I'm upside down and I don't know which way's up and you come up <gasps> gasping for air. Know what I'm talking about? That's what he's saying. That's how I feel, he says. He says, I feel like the troubles in my life, the problems in my life, the hopelessness in my life has left me like I've been hit by a wave and just completely overwhelmed with sorrow and overwhelmed with pain. It's just, I'm, I'm disoriented. I'm completely disoriented and I'm looking for a breath. <gasps> I'm looking for a place to breathe because right now it doesn't even feel like I can breathe. And then he goes on to say, why have you forsaken me? Does that sound familiar? It's what Jesus said on the cross. Next week we're going to be talking about Jesus. Jesus said that as he hung on the cross. Father, why have you forsaken me? I've lost you. So this psalm is a psalm of despair 
which is the spirit talking to the soul and identifying the trials of the soul and the soul being overwhelmed and the hopelessness in the, that's in the soul and the spirit saying, hope, put your confident expectation for good in God, for I will still, I will yet give him praise. Now, Isaiah 61 Some of you are surprised that I would find something in Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 calls despair, the loss of hope, it calls it a spirit of heaviness. And I want to look, I want to look at verse 3. He says, he says to grant those who mourn, M-O-U-R-N, those who mourn, those who are weeping, those who are crying, giving them a garland instead of ashes, that means um, a place of victory instead of loss, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, so gladness and happiness instead of sorrow and mourning. And then this next one, he says, the third one, is the mantle of praise instead of the spirit of fainting. And the King James says the garment of praise instead of, of a spirit of heaviness. So when it refers to heaviness, it's talking about despair. What God wants to do when we find ourselves experiencing the hopelessness, the despair that's described in Psalm 42. Why are you in despair, O my soul? Why are you disturbed within me? What God wants to do is give us fresh hope. And and the, the thing that converts hopelessness or despair into hope is a spirit of praise. Praise is the power that converts despair into hope. That's what it's saying. Put on the garment of praise, wear it. You put it on. You consciously have to think about it. Now, I think I shared this recently, but I'm going to share it again. I woke up one morning, and I had a spirit of heaviness on me, and it was so heavy, I thought I was physically ill. And I didn't, I didn't know until I actually experienced depression that depression makes you feel physically sick. You, you think you have to go to the doctor and think you're sick. or You think something's wrong with you because it affects you so much physically. A, a loss of energy, just, just completely wiping you out. And, I, you know, I was just laying there in bed thinking, I'm sick, I'm ill. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I realized, oh, this is spiritual. And it, this, this says a spirit of fainting or a spirit of heaviness. What I want you to understand, there is a spirit involved in this hopelessness that we experience. There's a spirit involved in the despair that comes to us, where we feel overwhelmed, and we feel this way. And he's saying, you know, praise is what will break it. Now, years ago, Mark, if you'd come on up, I'm going to ask the, some, uh, some help on this. I used to lead um, worship, and uh, years ago, we would do scripture songs. How many have ever sung scripture songs? I'm just going to tell you how old you are. 
I realize that uh, today they sound a little foreign to us, like country and western music to some people in the church service. But still, uh, you can praise God with anything, right? So I'm going to reach back into the archives uh, today. And what we would do is we would take this. uh, Somebody took this this scripture of Isaiah 61, and they made it into a chorus. And then I coupled it with another chorus when I would lead this that kind of gave us the same message. And and we we were really having a good time singing it. The only thing is, when I was singing it some years ago, I didn't know what it meant. You ever sing a song you don't know what it means? I didn't know what it meant. I hadn't experienced the spirit of heaviness that I that I had an awareness. I didn't actually know what I was singing, but I was singing a deep, profound truth that is praise will convert your hopelessness and despair into hope. That's what we were singing. And and so the little chorus was can you help me out there, Mark? What gear are you gonna put me in? G? the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your hearts to God. Praise with the spirit and with understanding. Oh, magnify the Lord. But do that again. Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your hearts to You did pretty good. You did well. Thank you, team. The rest of the team can come and join as we as I close this message. In Acts 16, Paul had surely he and uh, Silas were in a place that we would think of as despair or hopelessness. For in Acts 16, it tells us one day Paul and Silas were delivered as a slave girl from a spirit, an evil spirit, and. And they were arrested. The owners were of this slave girl were so angry, they had him publicly arrested, and they were beaten 
And when I, I don't want to just say beaten and leave it go, but they were whipped and they were beaten and they were beaten. That's what they did to them. I mean, they opened up their backs. They went after them. And they were beaten and they were thrown into the inner prison. Now, I don't know what the inner prison was like. I hadn't been there. But it couldn't be good. Would you agree? If you're thrown into the inner prison, it couldn't be good. It's got to be worse than the outer prison. You're in agreement, right? I mean, just think about the conditions. They had to be something like dark, probably wet, stinking, for sure stinking, oppressive. It would is not the kind of place you'd want to go on vacation, obviously. So, I mean, this is where they are. They're thrown in jail. And, you know, you would think Paul and Silas, having been uh, publicly humiliated, beaten and thrown into prison, that they're sitting in the jail. Do you think there might be a temptation to think, God, this is my reward for serving you? I just, I mean, we just delivered this slave girl from an evil spirit. We've been preaching the gospel here. You know, now we're hungry. We haven't been fed. We're tired, our backs are open and raw, and we're beating and we're hurting and we're in pain. And, you know, we're struggling. And you would think they might be in despair. But the scripture says about midnight, they begin to sing. And the jailer had to, this had to be strange to him, because at about midnight, you know, it was like, what's going on? That had to get his attention. If he was asleep, it woke him up, or somebody woke him up, because there was a sound down in the inner prison. There was a sound, and the sound, he couldn't quite make out what it was, so he had to get a little closer, and he had to listen with a little more intent, and as he did, he heard... Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Lift up your hearts to God. That's what, well, I said I got it out of the archives. I got it out of Isaiah 61. Paul could have gotten it the same place, right? It says they were singing hymns, and they were praising God. And when they were singing hymns and praising God, then it tells us, that suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. Praise, praise will convert despair into hope. Praise will convert despair into a confident expectation for good. That's what praise will do. How does it do it? How does praise do that? Well, Psalm 22, 3 says that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. Worship team, if you'd come on. Looking for you. God is enthroned on the praises of his people. That means he reigns. He has authority over the circumstances that are going on. In your life. He has authority. In the original language, there's other words associated with enthroned. He sits on, and another word is married. God is married to us. Uh, He's married to the situation. We can marry God to the troubles that we have to turn them into good. 
Psalm 149, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute on them the judgment written against them. This is an honor for all his godly ones. Praise the Lord. What is God saying? What is God saying? Praise not only puts God in charge, but praise also takes the enemy's works and binds him and takes him out. So when we're in hopelessness, when we're in this place of despair, we can convert that hopelessness into a place of confident expectation for good by praising the Lord. And this is how this is how it'll usually go. Why are you in despair? Why are you disturbed? That's where you are, right? Your soul is in despair and you're disturbed. And you realize, I'm going to convert this thing. I'm going to put on the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. I'm going to convert this thing. And this is where, and this is where you start. <clears throat> praise you, Lord. Pray, praise you, Lord. Praise you anyway, Lord. Lord, I don't like where I am right now. This is really stinks. Praise you, Lord. I don't understand why this had to happen. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I'm just going to praise you. This, I feel terrible. Praise you, Lord. I just feel... I'm, as a matter of fact, I think I'm still mad about it. Praise you, Lord. 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 I give you praise, Lord. I'm giving you praise, Lord. I'm putting on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I, you're going to break this off of me. You're going to break this thing off of me, and I'm going to be free. I forgive those who have hurt me. I forgive what has happened. I, I know what people are saying and thinking about me. I, that doesn't matter. I praise you, Lord. I give you praise. I don't know how to turn the circumstance around. I don't know how to change this thing. I don't know how to... I don't know what to do with this, but I know you do. You're enthroned in my praises. So I'm going to give you praise, Lord. Uh, you're going to be in charge, Lord. Thank you. You're in charge. I'm going to give you praise. That's what I'm going to do. Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you praise. Oh, praise.